0: This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Well, hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. My name is Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, the team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice, strategy related queries you may have. It certainly has been a busy week for the advice community with the release of draft legislation for consultation around the wind-up of FASEA at the end of 2021 and the transfer of its responsibilities to Treasury and to the Financial Services and Credit Panel inside ASIC. in addition, and perhaps more importantly, in terms of shaping how the advice profession may operate in the future in the delivery of advice to consumers, this week we also saw the Financial Services Council launch its Financial Advice Green Paper. Now, to discuss this paper and some of its recommendations in more detail, today I'm joined by Blake Briggs, Deputy CEO of the Financial Services Council. Blake, welcome to our BT Techno podcast.
1: Thank you, Brian. Good to be here. First time caller, but long time listener.
0: Excellent. All right, so let's get underway. So, Blake, um, what is the purpose of the Financial Advice Green Paper? And why has the Financial Services Council decided to take a lead in this space?
1: Yeah, thanks, Brian. Look, I don't think it would be a surprise to a lot of the listeners of your podcast that the advice industry is under a lot lot of pressure, not just at the moment, but has been for for some time now. Uh, And for the FSC and and our members who, as you would appreciate uh, the advice licensees um, rather than the individual advisors, We've heard um, about this pressure firsthand and and experiencing it ourselves. And so the FSC, about a year ago now, took the strategic decision of doing a big piece of work to enter into this debate and try to begin to make the case for reform. And so we did a significant piece of research with Rice Warner as well as consumer testing with Pollinate uh, and that's culminated in the green paper, which came out just recently highlighting a bit of a roadmap for how to, uh, how to finish the process of professionalizing the industry and then also show the industry the respect it deserves once it's gone down that path. Now, the overarching aim is to um, make advice more accessible and affordable for everyday Australians and obviously improve the economics of running advice businesses in Australia to provide advisors a lot more support.
0: Okay, thanks for that, Blake. Now, the Financial Advice Green Paper makes some interesting recommendations for reform, um, including the removal of the safe harbour steps under the best interest duty requirements in the corporation's law. Do you see these reforms, I guess, eventuating, and what benefit could it provide to clients and also to advisors?
1: So the really pleasing thing in terms of will this eventuate is there appears to be, perhaps for the first time in quite a long time, a bipartisan recognition in politics that the economics of the advice industry isn't sustainable and that something needs to happen to put advice businesses on a firmer footing. And so we're hoping that we've actually released this report at the right time to have a high-quality debate um, about what can be done to help financial advisors and their businesses. Now, we've put forward some proposals. They're not the only things that can be done, and we appreciate that. And we're genuinely seeking feedback from all stakeholders advisors consumer groups um, the industry more broadly um, as well as talking to regulators and and government Um, but we're hopeful and optimistic that there is the potential for actual change over the next couple of years in terms of the specific things we've raised you mentioned um, removing the safe harbor steps i'd also include there things like um, uh, abolishing statements of advice in in favor of much simpler consumer facing documents uh, we, we think these probably offer the biggest bang for the buck in terms of reducing the cost of regulation that's driving up the price of financial advice. Um, and as I said, we're, we're optimistic that you can make the case for reform that you can, you can remove this sort of heavy hand regulation without undermining the quality of advice that consumers are getting or the professionalism of the advice industry.
0: Right, and I, you know, I think it's worth also you know pointing out to to our listeners, and just in case they weren't aware, that that recommendation about removing the safe harbour steps uh, is in line with a comment, albeit not a recommendation, but certainly a comment that the commissioner made in his final report. Um, I think he said something on right. the lines of that if it was up to him, you know, he he would look to get rid of those safe harbour steps, so we don't have that that checklist approach to the provision of advice.
1: It's also something that the um, consumer advocates have started talking about as well. So it's it's one of those areas where you can break down some of the barriers between, you know, traditional rivals in the sector where we actually agree on some of these sensible changes.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. When you when we start to see a lot of people on the same page, it's, it's definitely going to help in terms of yeah. where we want to get to. Yeah. Now you- we know that ASIC has been consulting on, you know, removing barriers to the provision of advice and, and effectively encouraging the provision of more scaled advice, you know, obviously where, where that's appropriate um, and, you know, recently they've again extended their COVID relief, allowing for the use of a record of advice for pandemic-related advice. Now, as you mentioned in the Financial Advice Green Paper, Financial Services Council is suggesting even further changes around that documentation um, side of things. So, what are those changes, and what benefit do you believe they'll actually provide?
1: So ASIC's piece of work on scattered devices is very important. So we don't intend to um, displace that or interrupt that in any way through the report we put out. We we fully support ASIC continuing down that path and looking at these issues. To be clear, though, there are there are certain things that are beyond ASIC's powers and jurisdiction, and, and law reform is one of them. Um, so there's only so much that we can expect ASIC to do or, or ASIC is able to do. And so we're looking beyond um, the, the near-term changes that ASIC may choose to implement um, and looking towards systemic reform to, to make life easier for advisors. So that's has clear, we're not cutting across their work. Um, but some of the feedback we've also received, and, and we've shared this with ASIC, is Whilst the move to allow records of advice in response to COVID is a good initiative, a lot of advisers are actually very nervous using that relief because the best interest duty is still there. Um, it's hard to show that you've complied with the best interest duty when you don't have, and the safe harbour steps, when you don't have these long convoluted statements of advice on file and a record of advice could come back to bite you at some point in the future if you're ever audited for the advice you provided and the record is not seen to be up to scratch. So I think there's a degree of nervousness around using assets relief across the industry more broadly and, and law reform becomes necessary then.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely that makes sense. And I think as you sort of pointed out the that nervousness um, is a big issue that we need to see changed and you know, while it's positive to see um, you know, recommendations from ASIC in this space and you know, I think even some of the comments we've seen from FASIA around standard six and it's not trying to stop the provision of scaled advice. I think you, as you rightly point out here, um, there is a layer of change that really is needed from a legislative perspective that's actually going to give, you know, advisors the, the confidence uh, when trying to provide this advice which, you know, again, ultimately that's going to meet the needs um, of the end consumer. And those things probably also help bring us on to this next piece and and maybe you can expand a bit more. But, you know, in preparing that financial advice green paper, um, you mentioned earlier that the Financial Services Commission commissioned some research from Pollinate on the attitude of consumers towards advice. You know, were were there interesting things that that research showed and and anything perhaps of surprise or or anything of, of note? Yeah,
1: yeah, there was. So we, we got into quite a lot of detail with um, Pollinate because we really wanted to get at the heart of the issue as well as understand, you know, consumer attitudes. We we talk about um, consumer interest quite a lot, but we don't get as much opportunity to talk one-to-one consumers as we probably hope for. But, what I mean, the high-level um, feedback was that, uh, consumers are supportive of reforming the advice regulatory framework if it reduces the cost of providing advice. Um, and I think two out of three respondents to the survey um, confirmed that. And so that's very promising, not just for us, but also for any future government that may be um, willing to look into to reform in this space. So that, that's the high level response some of the probably slightly more challenging things that we need to face into as well as the industry more broadly is that there's a high degree of price sensitivity amongst consumers who are considering whether whether or not to take up advice now we've talked a little bit about this 500 threshold and i want to be really clear no one thinks you can deliver high quality advice for 500 dollars let's be really frank about that but the reality is as soon as you start getting over 500 consumers get very price sensitive and they need to be confident that they're getting the value for money that they'll be asked to spend. Um, And so what we're looking to do is have a conversation with government around um, reducing the cost of delivering high quality advice, as well as telling consumers that high quality advice is worth paying for. And if we can hit that sweet spot of of reducing the cost and getting lower than we're currently at, as well as consumers understanding that it's worth getting and paying for, then I think the industry will be in a much better place, and the pollinate uh, research showed that. Finally, it also showed there's quite a big body of pent-up demand for advice, particularly amongst younger professionals, um, women in particular, and and, um, professional women, um, and this is really good to see and it's about okay, how do we get them over that precipice of actually then going and picking up the phone to an advisor and walking and getting advice, not just thinking about it and thinking it's something they should do and then never get around to doing. Um, and I think that's one of the big challenges that we're now facing and that's that value proposition part.
0: Yeah, well, I think that has uh, got to be you know music to everyone's ears when you sort of hear that there's a pent-up demand for advice. So as you say, yeah. it's about now working out how we, we can meet Uh, Meet that demand from a supply perspective. So now, you know, in terms of the release of of this green paper, um, you know, what's the next steps um, now that the FSC has released this paper? Where where do we expect to go to from here?
1: So we're canvassing broadly for feedback, and and I encourage um, any financial advisor to to get in touch with us and and make a submission on one or all the parts that they may have an interest in in the green paper. Um, The green paper is accessible from the FSC website, fsc.org.au, and it's, it's publicly available. And please get in contact with us before the 1st of July this year with any comments or feedback that you have. Um, From there, we're going to um, begin work on a final white paper. And the green paper is obviously our proposals that we want feedback on. The white paper is our solid policy positions we'll be advocating for down in Canberra. And so it's really important that anyone that wants to have an input into this debate does so uh, before we finalise those because that's when the rubble will hit the road in the political circles.
0: Yeah, great. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Blake. So just to remind everyone, this was Blake Briggs, the Deputy CEO from the Financial Services Council, joining us today. Um, And thanks, Blake, for a lot of really important insights, I think, into the the green paper around financial advice that the FSC has released. Now, remember, if you have any technical advice, strategy questions, you can call our BT Technical Services team on one 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. And join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars where we dive in more depth into various technical and regulatory matters. Our next session is scheduled for Wednesday the 5th of May 2021, when Erkan Boduk, one of our technical consultants, will be discussing the important topics of gearing and whether it's the right time to start using gearing products again with clients. And this obviously will include the question about the relevance of margin lines. So to register for that, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. And you can also register for our special budget webinars held the morning of the 12th of May 2021, the day after the 2021 federal budget. And also you can view any previous webinars that we've put out. And all of our sessions do qualify for CPD points. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows. And now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or
1: needs.